when YouTube really, really wants to push live streaming and they flick that switch and live streams just start getting recommended as people are browsing YouTube, they have the user base to just absolutely destroy Twitch. I just don't, I don't see how Twitch can compete because people are already on YouTube, like watching an unreal amount of gaming content. Welcome back to the Gaming Careers podcast. I think we're now at episode 12 and we have had a couple of weeks off because interestingly enough, both Ben and I, completely uncoordinated, decided to move house over the last two weeks, which has worked out very well for our schedule. We only needed to take two weeks off and now we can continue um, throughout you know, 2021. Uh, but we've both moved into new studios. Mine looks very similar. Yours looks kind of similar as well. Have we just moved into a different room in our house or have you actually moved you know, at some distance? Yeah, uh, I moved like an hour or so, so it, I promise it's not the same room with black walls. You might be confused looking at it first, but it is different. Um, and I'll probably move again next year. Just every year, just move to a new color room. You never know what will happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it looks really sweet. I was really tempted to do dark walls as well in my studio, because although you can't see in this shot, because I've, I've floodlit it with bright blue lights in the manic panic I had about 20 minutes before this podcast with the mess behind me I had like toolboxes I had like screws loose and everything um I did repaint this room because it was purple it used to be a bedroom and um you just couldn't control much lighting with purple so I've painted it really boring gray which is like what they recommend video editors and filmmakers paint their rooms because it's like a neutral color and you can you can shine lights on walls and it will do a pretty good job of reflecting that um but yeah i was really tempted by dark because i think I, i'm just hoping it's not a fad that was my thing about dark i was like it looks really cool on youtube you know peter mckinnon does it has these like super dark backgrounds makes himself really separated um but i just couldn't i i, I didn't have the balls to do it basically i was like i'm gonna regret this in one year's time so i'm just gonna paint it a really boring color i mean it is tricky because you can kind of get lost in the background like if i wear a black shirt i just disappear from here and you can see my guitars are kind of just gone so i have to work on the lighting but overall i like it i didn't paint it though i would not have painted this room it just came this way and i didn't feel like repainting it so we haven't done a very good job here of of appealing to our podcast listeners rather than our viewers we're just describing our new studios it's not that exciting well certainly from my point of view i probably will be doing a video of my new studio but it's pretty much the same as the old one i've invested in some like sound paneling and things like that because obviously doing a podcast more often but people don't care about that they want to hear about what's been going on for the past two weeks well i guess it's the three weeks of news really since the last time we uh, recorded a podcast and quite a lot has gone on we still actually haven't had the twitch town hall i thought for sure that was going to fall in the time that we were taking off and we'd have loads to discuss but that actually uh, we record these on tuesday release them on wednesday and that is actually happening tomorrow on wednesday so uh what have you seen in the news over the past couple of weeks where do you want to start there's a lot. Um, there's a mix of a couple big things and a lot of small things, especially for updates for platforms. I think probably in our tradition of starting with DMCA, we should probably talk about the biggest piece here. Let's keep yep, it going. Yep. Each week, it's, it's our DMCA podcast here. Um, the biggest thing to talk about, I think, is the fact that there is a chance that DMCA violations become felonies, at least in the U.S., um, because the U.S. Center is trying to push this through, and that has understandably a lot of people concerned about what that means for the future of the MCA. So I don't know if you saw this, but basically it would just add making the MCA strikes a felony. So that could lead to jail time in the future. And it's unclear whether this will get pushed through. It sounded like it could go through as soon as this Friday, potentially if it gets passed. Um, but obviously it would be a lot more concern for people. So did you get a chance to see this? Yeah, so I did. I, I, I didn't dive massively into it. And obviously us law is, it's kind of a scary unknown for a lot of people based across here in Europe because it kind of dictates a lot of the internet 
Um, so firstly, a couple of questions, and I understand if you don't know the answers to these, but this surely is DMCA-wide. It's not just Twitch. This is talking about YouTube, Facebook, wherever you could upload technically copyright infringing material could lead to, to jail time. Um, but the main thing that I saw was um, people looking into the sponsors of this uh, Senate and like it's all the big players in the music industry and in the broadcasting industry really surprise surprise the music industry wants to lobby for this bill because that means they make more money so or at least make it more of a threat to not use that copyright music so i mean it makes sense that's just how politics go and i I didn't want to get too political here with this but i don't even think it's that political really because it is such a like a copyright issue just regardless of which line you fall on in the u.s um and again, it, it would just be a huge concern because I think we've we've seen a lot of people are already deleting all their VODs and things like that just as a precaution. But if there's the added chance of jail time and things like that in the future, then it's all gone. Like I'm not taking any chance. I'm getting rid of everything. I know that I have I've had some clips that I've tried to save that have music on them that are attached because they're just very nostalgic or they're from years ago. I don't want to delete that. Like if this goes through, I'm getting rid of everything. I'm not using hardly any music on stream because I don't want to take that chance. So hopefully it doesn't come to that. We don't know if it'll pass, but yeah, it's definitely a lot more real if this goes through. I mean, it's been something that we've been harping on about for a while now is is that people should be, you know, really thinking about the music that they're using in their live streams and in their VODs and uploading. And it's been the discussion of this podcast. That's why we keep making the joke that it's all about DMCA. But this really does take it to the next level. And I don't, I don't know what they would be suggesting if it would be something along the strike system of DMCA. So, you know, if you hit three strikes and you're showing no sign of slowing down, then then maybe you could be faced with jail time. But I, I just, I can't, I can't see it going through, but crazier things have happened. It's, it would just be absolutely mad, I think, for especially a small streamer, somebody broadcasting to like five people to be taken to jail for, for playing a song in the background. But I, at the same time, you know, if somebody streams to 100,000 people and, you know, an album just gets released and they stream it, and there's no royalties going through to the artist that made that record. Like, it completely depends where your sympathies lie. I think it's mad to think that we've been talking about jail time, but maybe, you know, something as serious that as that needs to come out for streamers to start taking this seriously. Yeah, I mean, that's the unfortunate truth. It's the, it's the type of thing where I guess technically it makes sense. They have the right to do that. I mean, you are still violating the law with the copyright law, and it's just a matter of, raising the punishment or raising or lowering the leniency i guess for that kind of thing so again while legally they have the right it's one of those things where morally there's some concern about doing that for just a copyright strike and again there's a lot of you know your cases for actually violating copyright can vary from just a small stream to like a massive infringement so there's some gray area there but yeah, hopefully, I hope this doesn't go through. I know there's a lot of other bills going through the U.S. right now with COVID and everything, so I'm hoping this doesn't get lost in kind of the weeds of everything else going on and this somehow goes through, but we'll have to wait and see what happens there, I guess. I imagine this uh, whole DMCA thing is going to be a massive topic talked about at the town hall uh, tomorrow. So we're probably going to be talking about it again next week, or at least Twitch's stance on it, and hopefully we'll have a little bit more information about what's happened in the Senate, um, if it is this week that it's coming up. But yeah, scary stuff, but we don't really know too much about it at the moment. The, the obvious takeaway is use music that you have licenses to to stream you know copyright free music i've made enough videos on it there's enough info out there uh, there's enough places where you can get music now that you can legally use on stream so just just stop streaming with the 
top 100 hits from, from yes please <laughs> the pop <laughs> charts or whatever it is um okay so what what outside of that i saw there was quite a lot of twitch updates actually and it probably makes sense to bundle these all together uh, and talk a little bit about each of them because again these are things that they could have definitely announced at GlitchCon. Uh, they decided not to, and they've just sort of slowly rolled them out over the past two weeks. Um, why don't we start with the boost this streamer um, channel points option? Uh, Can you describe that for people that haven't heard of it or know what it's about? Yeah, sure. So this is probably, I think there's like five updates to Twitch this week, and this is the one I'm personally most excited for, although I still don't think it's huge. So this is a feature where you'll be able to use your channel points in a given channel, uh, at, at certain times, they haven't really explained exactly when you'll get this option, but occasionally you get the option as a streamer for your viewers to pull their points and then promote you on the front page if you hit a certain goal. So I don't know what the goal is either. I think it scales with your channel. So if you have a smaller channel, it'll be a lower point amount. And if it's a bigger channel, a bigger point amount. If they hit that goal, you'll show up on the homepage of Twitch, I think right underneath the main video area in the top. Uh, and it'll be that new promoted area that's reserved for that feature. So theoretically, it'll rotate between channels as they get the option. It's a pretty cool feature, but there's some concerns about it in terms of like how often can you actually realistically get access to this? Uh, does this mostly benefit existing streamers? That was a concern at first, is that like, well, if you need a certain number of points, then you would need an established channel to get those points, right? But I, it sounds like they're going to scale it to the channel, so that's good to hear. I think it's cool. It's definitely discoverability in a sense, but the problem is it's still not something you can really rely on on the channel, and it just sort of you get the option seemingly randomly. So that was my initial impression. What do you think about that? It really depends on how they implement this because we we hear every year how many streamers are streaming to Twitch. Like it's it's such a huge number now that this possibly can't be something that happens every single week for your stream. You know that option can't be coming up for everybody once a week. Um, so it's going to have to be heavy rotated. But to me, I would have thought Twitch was going to go the like YouTube route of everyone having a unique homepage and it not being this like global state where everybody has the same recommended streamers on the homepage. I would have thought if you're logged in, you're going to get streamers that are really targeted to you, the games that you like, the kind of personalities that you like. Um, and in that case, then it makes a lot more sense because you probably can boost streamers to certain people on a much more frequent basis than you can if you had like a global front page where there's only five spots every hour and you have basically millions of people now streaming to Twitch. So I just don't know how they would do that. I think it's a really cool idea though. And to be honest, I kind I, I didn't mind the hype train that they introduced like um, earlier this year, the, this way of your community coming together to like work on a goal to help the streamer. Like I, I didn't mind it. I think it has its own problems, but this is like an extra step to that where they can actually help you become more popular if they use their channel points, which is completely free for them. They've just been watching you earning channel points. And then this option comes up. The streamer gets notified of the option coming up. So they can say, hey guys, if you have any channel points, it would be awesome if you could click on the boost the streamer option to try and get me onto the front page. Like, I think it's cool, but we can't really talk that much about it until we see it in action and really understand how it works and you know how often it's going to be coming up for you as a streamer. And I totally get the complaints about it's only going to boost like bigger streamers and from twitch's point of view obviously they can't be suggesting people with zero viewers <laughs> to the home page like it's a big risk for them as well they probably want to be boosting affiliates or at least people that have signed a contract so hopefully they're not going to you know all of a sudden switch to broadcasting that's something that they shouldn't and it'll be on twitch's home page 
Yeah, I do like the idea a lot. I think it's cool that it's interactive to like the viewers can actually influence how the channel gets promoted. I think that's pretty cool. But like you said, it's still kind of vague because we don't know how often you'll actually get the option and whether it's just one or two spots for the entirety of Twitch that are going to rotate. So you're going to very rarely actually get the option to use this. So we'll have to wait and see, but I love the idea of making it more interactive. I like that they're doing more stuff with channel points across the board. We had the uh, the predictions thing a week or two ago. So I hope they keep doing that. And they the more they can like let the viewers actually influence how Twitch displays, I think that's a pretty cool way to do discoverability. You just have to make it more accessible to more people, basically. I'd be interested to know how much like click through those those videos underneath the top carousel actually get because uh i've been fortunate in the uk to have been in the top carousel when i did my like charity marathon live stream um i contacted twitch and they sorted me out with like front page time in the uk it was like super early because i was running a marathon um for that and like I, it was crazy I'd, i basically hadn't streamed for like five years and then all of a sudden i was getting like two to three thousand viewers for this marathon live stream but that's on the carousel and back then the carousel used to autoplay so i was one of five spots so one in five chance that i was going to autoplay and if people were like oh my god this guy's running a marathon on twitch i'm going to stay and watch then maybe that's a part of why i got quite high viewership but those those videos below where you actually have to click through to them i'd, I'd be interested to know like how much traffic they get and again like it's, it's also talking about these unique home pages is the country pages like every country has a different home page right now for twitch like you have I have a different five people here in the UK if I go on Twitch right now than you do in your carousel in the US. So is it going to be, you know, worldwide? Is it going to be promoting streamers to their local regions? Uh, like there's so many questions. I think it's a cool idea, but we just we just have to see how it ends up getting implemented. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, to your point on how much people click on those videos, I do think that's probably one of the higher clicked areas of Twitch because it seems like it's like the homepage and then the directory and then the channel pages. And they kind of ignore the other areas. I have seen in my own stream and streams I've worked on, people do seem like they're clicking more on like the recommended area on the homepage and suggested for you, that sort of thing. But I agree, it's probably not as much as that main carousel or just other areas. So again, we'll have to kind of see as we go on how much people are engaging with this area and hopefully they can do more cool areas on the homepage. But there were a couple other updates to Twitch as well. So I want to talk about those as well. There was another cool one they announced around uh, scheduling on Twitch. So if you've set up your schedule on Twitch under your about area, which I think we've talked about, it's kind of hard to find. Uh, they're now going to start showing you start sorry, showing your viewers and followers who is starting soon on Twitch. So if you're going to be starting in the next hour or so, according to your schedule or half an hour, it'll now show you on your following page streams that are starting soon in the next half hour, or, or I don't know exactly what the time frame is, but Basically, you can see what's coming up soon. And that kind of plays in with the iOS update, too, we talked about, where you can see the scheduling on the widgets. So I think it's a really cool feature, actually. I hope that people use it and uh, will look at what's coming up. And hopefully that'll help with Twitch's issues as well of people kind of clicking off the platform after a stream ends. And they can kind of plan out their day of, okay, this streamer is at this time, this streamer is the next time. But we'll have to kind of see. I haven't seen it live yet. Have you seen much about this? Um, I've just basically seen, yeah, exactly what you, you have seen as well. I haven't seen it live. But um, we talked a couple of weeks ago, like you mentioned, about the iOS widgets update, where you could basically see like a timeline of when you're when the streamers that you're following are going to be live so you can sort of plan out your day of watching twitch so that's their dream right you sit in your pajamas all day and you just watch <laughs> twitch after twitch after twitch and they make all the ad revenue um 
And this is a cool update to that. Like, there's been a lot of discussion over the past six months about um, streamers having starting soon scenes, right? And the whole purpose is that you send out your live notification, people start to gather whilst they're watching this starting soon scene, and then you swap and you start 10 minutes, 10 minutes later. And this would kind of nullify that because um, people that do follow you will already know that you're starting soon because they're getting a notification or they're seeing it on their following page that this streamer is about to start and it's, it's twitch trying to cement this idea of a schedule it's like a great great thing it makes their jobs way easier if they can start to um you know work out which streamers to push onto the front page because they stick to a schedule i totally agree i, I think they're really trying to push schedules this year because they talked about it at the at the keynote for GlitchCon and how just having a schedule supposedly will increase your viewership across the board but now they're actually giving you incentives for having a schedule because they have this and then one of the other new features this week is they're adding reminders for upcoming streams so you can set a reminder for a scheduled stream as an event and then you'll get that notification one that's coming up, I think half an hour either before or after your scheduled start time, it'll send out a notification when you start your event. So that's pretty cool. I thought they had had this before. Maybe they removed it with the update to the platform. But still, I, I like that they have both of these features kind of incentivizing the schedule. And I hope that also on the viewer side, that'll kind of help make that more of an expectation for viewers. And they'll kind of get the habit of, okay, there's a schedule for most streaming. That's a very normal thing. What is this guy's schedule? When can I come back each week? Because I don't think we're quite there yet, and I hope they can keep reinforcing the idea of a schedule for broadcasters. Yeah, I definitely agree. And um, like you said, right now the schedule is kind of hard to find, but the more features that they tie to it, hopefully the more streamers start using it, and then the easier it ends up being uh, being to find. And like you said a couple of weeks ago, I hope that they move that iOS widgets feature into some kind of desktop view or you know Android view as well, so more people can benefit from seeing you know when their favorite streamers are going live. But it's definitely all these updates are beneficial for you as a streamer because they're helping you basically or helping your audience find out when you're live and uh, hopefully tune in from the very start, which is obviously something that you want from a streamer's point of view. Uh, a couple more little updates from Twitch. Uh, they announced that Hype Trains are uh, coming to mobile. Um, I've, I've talked about this in the past that I don't like how they roll out features um, in this really staggered approach where it goes desktop first and then like sometimes a year later it comes to mobile. This one didn't take too long. I think Hype Trains were probably about six months ago, um, but helping people you know, use their use their bits and subscriptions to get different levels on Hype Trains, that's coming to mobile. I hope actually haven't clicked through to that but i hope that is for both ios and android because they have they do have a bit of a habit of uh, releasing straight to ios first and then uh, forgetting about all those lovely android users um, maybe that's a little backstab at google um, for owning <laughs> youtube i don't know yeah it's it's both thankfully so it is both ios and android as an android user i am sad though about the widgets so i hope that comes soon and anything else that we're missing on the android side uh there was one little small update too which is I don't even know if it's worth talking about, but they added an, a new bar to your chat. So uh, if you go into a chat, you might see a red bar across it that says new, and it basically will just show you old messages if you're a mod, which used to be a problem if you were jumping between browsers or between mobile and, and uh, actually I don't know if it's on mobile yet, speaking of mobile parity issues. But uh, basically if you're reloading tabs and going back and forth, you'd lose the chat history. So now you'll have that as a moderator, which is pretty cool. Um, and while I don't think any of these any of these updates are huge in and of themselves, it's good to see that there's a bunch of updates coming out at once. And so that makes me a little excited for Twitch. I, I know it's been a lot of negativity and, and disappointment over the last couple months with Twitch. So at least there are some new features coming. I think personally what I'm most excited about is the boost the streamer channel point uh, feature. 
if they can deliver it correctly. So we'll have to see. The rest of them are cool, but that's the one that has to be the most excited. Would you agree? Or is there a different yeah, one that stands out? I think so. I think the booster streamer is the most exciting, but it completely depends on the implementation, like we said many times. One thing I do want to point out is these like small little um, refinements that they're making. It's a good sign from a viewer and a streamer's point of view. It shows that Twitch has several different departments and developers working on different things and... Uh, a lot of that is refining the experience and making small improvements, which is a good thing, rather than just working on big features and forgetting about old archaic stuff. They've actually made so many updates, I feel, for moderators in the past year. Um, they've like really made the moderator experience much better. Um, and that's probably a sign of these big channels getting bigger and bigger and needing moderators for those channels needing more tools. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a pretty cool update, being able to jump into a stream and see the past hour, um, because maybe you don't catch the start and you're just modding for a friend and uh, you just want to be able to help them out or maybe they message you saying can I have some help and you jump in and you see you want to be able to see why they needed help by scrolling up for an hour but yeah I think I think a good handful of uh, updates from Twitch uh, and excited to see how the booster streamer one uh, goes about what else have we got from uh, the past couple of weeks so one of the things that I saw um, I tweeted about as well was the fact that YouTube is now a a diamond level or premier level i can't remember what the levels are for obs but youtube is now a is, is giving a lot of money to obs studio the developers behind obs studio every month um, to help support the development with with no real incentive or ties uh, you know obs doesn't have to do anything specifically for youtube but that then completes the trifactor there is youtube twitch and facebook are all this uh, premier level sponsor for obs studio yeah, I think that's really cool just because now you're hitting all three major platforms, like you said, are all supporting this. It's kind of the gold standard of streaming, so it's cool to see them kind of support that. I think it makes sense because the better OBS is, the more people that should be streaming to their platforms, If especially if it's easy to get started and going. I know it's, it's funny because Twitch even has their own studio at this point, but they're still sponsoring OBS and... Um, I think it's just because it's so established in the space that it, it makes sense to kind of put your seal of approval on it as a brand. So that's pretty cool to see. And I, I know that it's already leading to some new features in OBS. I think I was just looking a couple hours ago. Um, Twitch announced a new feature with like VOD audio muting related to OBS. It was something that OBS had developed alongside Twitch. So maybe we'll see more specific platform features from Facebook and YouTube with this funding as well be kind of interesting to see what they do but yeah i mean obs is great so i'm, I'm glad they're finally getting support because i i don't think many streamers are probably giving the support to obs uh for you know keeping them funded so it's cool to see the platform stepping up and doing that for the streamers essentially yeah i actually um back when this podcast used to be a bit more of an interview show i interviewed hugh bailey jim who is the the lead developer the guy that started obs studio the guy that pretty much contributes by far the most to the code base there is now a few more full-time members but he is he is the guy behind obs studio and uh, we spoke about this and he said that he would love if more people supported the software because then he could have more of these people that are currently developing for it as a hobby bring them on full-time and have some kind of bounty program where like the more code you contribute the more changes you make the more money you earn and then they can be full-time developers uh, because it is like it is just unreal that we get that software for free it, it really is the amount of money that top streamers are making and using obs studio like it's it's absolutely crazy that it's free and he mentioned in that interview i'll definitely link it down in the show notes that he'd had seven figure offers to buy obs studio and he turned them down so like this is the guy you want behind building this software yeah that's crazy i mean you think about how established obs is like if obs wasn't here what would what would i guess he'd use xsplit but 
it, it would just totally change the landscape of streaming. So I, I totally understand too that people probably aren't supporting OBS just because the nature of the internet. Um, so I do think it's cool to see the platform support them because without OBS, I think YouTube, Facebook would be totally pretty much out of options. Uh, at least Twitch has their studio, but even that it cannot honestly compare to OBS and just how far ahead it is with how long it's been running. So yeah, super cool to see that. And I hope they keep getting support because I know there's still a lot more they could do probably in terms of making it super easy for new streamers to start streaming um, and just adding new cool features like we saw today with Twitch and other platforms. So that's awesome to see. And at the end of the day, it's 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 probably significant money, but it's a drop in the ocean for these companies like YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, um, considering how many people are using that application to stream. And I think just to clear up the confusion, because there is constant confusion, Streamlabs OBS is a fork of OBS Studio. It's this, it's 90% probably the same code base. So um, people saying that Streamlabs OBS could be uh, the differentiator would be just, it wouldn't exist in the same state as it is today because it's a fork of OBS Studio. So yeah, really cool, I think, to see YouTube um, joining facebook and twitch as premier sponsors and um you know obviously it is going to change the mindset a little bit of the developers making sure that they're they're um, supporting like youtube's hdr i think they've announced that they're supporting that now so you can stream with a high dynamic range Uh, but there is absolutely no like contractual agreement where they have to develop a certain number of features they're just supporting it because they like the software and they want to see it continue to grow so i think that's really cool right yeah i mean it just benefits everyone on the platform too if you have an easy software like that that's free to download and has years and years of resources and guides for people to set up then i think you have to support that because again without obs like what does youtube do for the streaming side i guess you can go to xsplit but there's nothing quite like having a free software to make it really easy for new streamers to get going and just jump in so i think that's crucial and it just makes sense from the platform side to support that the one thing I will say about OBS and um, these streaming softwares, I think there will be a massive um, push for these platforms to build streaming ability into their browser. So like um, we always already see a few applications doing this, like um, Oslo is Streamlabs is one and um, Go Lightstream and these like ways of being able to stream from your browser. And it, they're not great for like game capture and things like that, but for simple like webcam podcast shows like things like that they're they're absolutely perfect and i wouldn't be surprised if youtube you know had an option where you go live and you just choose to do it from your browser and add your webcam in like that wouldn't surprise me that's basically what you do if you go live from your phone anyway so um wouldn't surprise me but like for the more serious users the people that want all the customizations probably the people that are listening to this show obs studio streamlabs obs they're going to be the applications that people want to use um, speaking of YouTube, um, there was a couple of updates, but probably the biggest news that they released in the past couple of weeks was that YouTube gaming specifically hit 100 billion watched hours in 2020. So this isn't just live streams. In fact, it's probably not even majority live streams. It's majority VOD content. But the size of gaming on YouTube is staggering to think about. Like it must be their biggest niche category now. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to think of a bigger one, maybe like beauty or something. I, I don't know. Gaming is just so huge at this point with how many established creators there are that have kind of broken out. And just because you have the benefit of not only the live stream, but also the video on YouTube, it's just, it's massive. And I don't think that's going to slow down anytime soon. 100 billion is crazy, though, um, for watch time hours. I, I think it's super cool to see. And it's just more of a testament to why YouTube, you know, Twitch 
has sort of been the king of the live streaming area. But if you look at just gaming as a whole, YouTube's just sort of on another level with having you stick on the platform and just keep watching gaming content, any content. YouTube's great at doing that, but especially gaming with how many creators are there. So it's kind of crazy to see them hit that number. And I kind of wonder what the next year will look like if that keeps ramping up. Uh, especially I'm sure with COVID and everything, it definitely helped the numbers. And that was true of every live streaming site with Twitch and, and Facebook and everything else as well. But I'm sure YouTube, especially just being the king of video, like there's no one you can compete with on video. And so for gaming, that's even more true. And I think that'll probably keep rising as we go. Some of the stats that they released in this announcement is that uh, in 2020, 80,000 creators have hit uh, 100,000 subscribers. And then over a thousand creators have hit five million subscribers. This is specifically within gaming, sorry. And then finally, three hundred and fifty creators have crossed ten million subscribers in gaming in twenty twenty, which is just like I still have the like old mindset in my head in YouTube of like ten million subscribers. Like there's only like five people over ten million subscribers, but three hundred and fifty gaming YouTube creators crossed ten million subscribers this year. So there must be there must be over a thousand people over ten million subscribers now. Like it's absolutely unbelievable how big uh, YouTube is. And I've said this so many times before, but when YouTube really really wants to push live streaming and they flick that switch and live streams just start getting recommended as people are browsing youtube they have the user base to just absolutely destroy twitch i just don't i don't see how twitch can compete because people are already on youtube like watching an unreal amount of gaming content as soon as live streams start getting suggested like you know to new users or anything like that then the the viewership is just going to be absolutely bonkers i think yeah and i think they're already kind of on the way there i mean there's a lot of Huge streamers that have blown up this year on just in streaming as a whole. Um, I think Valkyrie won. One thing we forgot to talk about too is the Game Awards that happened. Uh, Valkyrie won the Streamer of the Year, and that was YouTube streamer. So I think that'll keep happening. Um, every time I hear complaints about YouTube streaming, it's things like, "Oh, the UI isn't quite the best for chat," and and things like that. Like those are super easy to fix for just a UI, a fresh coat of paint. It's much harder to fix the discoverability issue or or just problems with getting viewers in and things like that, which I never hear people complain about when they're on YouTube. So if they can fix the other things and just make it a great experience for people watching the platform, that feels like just a really easy win. And I think we'll see them do that even more and more over the next couple of years. Yeah, I totally agree. Like people's major complaints about YouTube for as a live streaming platform is like it doesn't have the Franca face emotes <laughs> or like, and, and to be honest, I do agree that the chat experience is way better on Twitch, but like these are things that, YouTube can fix relatively easily. Like I, th- th- there's probably a lot of emotes that are, you know, Twitch only, and they probably have like some lawsuit ready for when YouTube tries to implement them. But if if YouTube can, and they obviously can, like implement their own cool emotes system, um, then like that and the UI, and then it's just such a better experience. I actually was thinking about this the other day. How how can you not pause a live stream on Twitch still? Like the fact that's one of the best things about watching a YouTube live stream is um, like I quite often watch a lot of podcasts that are live on YouTube. And like if I need to go and answer the door, I can just pause it. Like I, I don't miss that one minute like I would if I was watching a Twitch live stream and then have to wait two hours for the VOD to process just to catch up on that one minute. You can just pause it or you can go back 10 seconds to hear what they said again. Like it's such a cool feature that's been there from the start, I feel like for YouTube live streaming and Maybe Twitch just doesn't prioritize that as a feature. Maybe there's such a small number of users that actually want to do that. But uh, I, I honestly do feel that in the next few years, we're going to really see how big of an onslaught YouTube can have in the live streaming space. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, they're hitting they're hitting video on every side now. They have the live streaming. They have the classic YouTube videos. They have the short form uh, clips. I think they're called. I don't know what they're called. The, <laughs> the story. Instagram story version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got all all three. And I think there was this notion for a while that you couldn't do both video and live stream very well on the same platform. But YouTube is slowly kind of chipping away at that. And I think even Facebook is too, where it feels like Twitch has had this for whatever reason. They've not wanted to support video content on their platform. Like it's just about live streaming, and that's their that's their core. And I think that has worked, but it's also a huge issue as to why people don't stay on the platform. And and discoverability is an issue because you can only watch live people, and then finding them is a whole ordeal. And YouTube is slowly doing both things pretty well. So I think they're kind of proving that you can do live streaming and video and make it cohesive and not confusing. And I, I hope they keep doing that more and more because. The more they can support video of every kind, just the better for creators because they can hit all those different areas at once now. And you've just got a like one last mention on this because we weren't meant to be t- talking about this. Meant to just talk about the hundred billion watch hours, but the fact that Google owns YouTube and Amazon owns Twitch, like again, it's so much easier for people searching on Google. They can put live streams into those results when they're ready, when they think it's useful. But like Amazon, I just don't understand that Amazon can't convert convert people shopping on amazon to twitch stream viewers that easily unless you're looking at a specific product that somebody is using or something i don't know i I honestly i'm struggling to make the connection whereas google people are searching for anything so if you can live stream anything then they can just suggest a live stream i don't know to me there's so many reasons to go with uh with youtube but it probably deserves its own video and its own podcast um and i probably need way more experience of actually streaming to youtube so i can get across some more of the complaints and like things that people are struggling with um but yeah we went on a little semi rant there but it's 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 quite a lot of good news this week i'm looking through the list of things and it seems weird that we're not uh, complaining about too much this week yeah not too much there was there was a little um frustration with nintendo this week i will say uh because they have been shutting down soundtracks on youtube and just across the board they've been shutting down things as nintendo does unfortunately they also shut down, there was a big Melee tournament that was supposed to happen, and that was going to be live-streamed, and, and that got shut down, so there's been the whole Save Melee movement happening. I'm kind of like a, a closet Melee nerd, so I've been following this stuff. But yeah, I hopefully, Nintendo's had a history, unfortunately, of doing this, and just blocking unofficial events, and um, copyright uh, copywriting overly so, I would say, on YouTube, with soundtracks and any use of their IP, basically, for just your your natural creators i think even like donkey had issues with this in the past with his videos so not great to see but all things considered it's not i would say it's not as bad as some of the things we've talked about in the past weeks did you catch the new documentary that yeah uh, <laughs> oh, man. so i i have never played this game in my life like and i only got interested in it because of that documentary that was like five years ago you're gonna have to remind me of the names of these two the new one's called metagame but it's been in development for like five six seven years um so I've never played this game, but the old documentary made me so interested that I watched the whole thing and I was like, this is such a cool like little scene that people have hand-built basically with no support from the developers. And then this new documentary came out this week, this weekend, this weekend just gone and it was live streamed to Twitch. And man, it's just so interesting. Like I've never played it. I would absolutely suck at it because I've never played any fighting games, but I, I'm, I can't bring myself to not watch the documentary because I just find the whole thing so interesting. I've been watching it too. I think it's cool that it all got live streamed. It was actually interesting. They, they live streamed the entire documentary on Twitch and you couldn't watch the VODs for a while. It, you had to just be there right for the event, which is 
kind of cool on the whole streaming side in itself. But yeah, the documentary is really great if you guys are into fighting games at all or just like stories, cool stories about games. I would I would say if you're interested in t- at all in esports because like that's the bit that pulls me in. Like it's fighting games and I've never played them, but they have this unique perspective, kind of like boxing does in in the real world, where it's two people, one against the other, and, and the better person wins. Like. There's no team play. You can't blame your teammates or or anything else. It's literally one versus one and you can smack talk all you want, but the better person wins. And that's what makes boxing so appealing to watch is because there's months leading up to it of smack talk and you're like, well, I actually do want to tune in and see you know, who, who knocks who out. And it's kind of the same in the fighting game community. And I, I, I can't call myself a fan because I have literally never played any of these fighting games. But these two documentaries for me are both so interesting to watch so i would i would say anybody that's interested in esports in even the tiniest ways both of these documentaries are like incredibly cool to watch to see like this homegrown scene where they built their own tournaments and these like superstars rise up from europe and from america and they fight like a few times a year they come to events to fight it's just it's it's so cool i love things like that and i'm glad to see that documentary like did pretty well on on twitch and hopefully it does well on youtube when the vods go up yeah, there were a lot of mixed opinions from streamers, I think. Like, the actual people in the documentary were covering it and had mixed feelings on it. But I thought it was just super cool. So, at, while I'm also not an actual Melee player, I've played the other Smash Bros. series quite a bit. Um, it's just super cool to follow. I, I I know we're kind of on a tangent right now. But I think Melee is probably, like, the best game in terms of stories to follow. Because it's just, like you said, a one-on-one. And it's all grassroots. And it just kind of it's like built into the gaming culture because it was completely done by us and not by Nintendo. Um, anyway, super cool. So go check that out. Uh, Metagame is the new documentary that just came out. Yeah, we'll definitely link to it. Uh, again, taking a tangent, but I don't mind that. I don't mind us just talking about like things that we didn't plan to talk about because like like you said, I had no idea that you were interested in that and I don't think anybody had any idea that I was interested enough to watch that and um, it's well worth a watch if it's long though that is one thing yes. this is like this is like what to do if you haven't got uh, anything to do all day and you just want to sit in bed because i think the the new documentary was like eight episodes that were an hour each or something like it's it's a real investment i'm on like episode six and i've still got hours to watch so i'm working through it but i you know trying to find time can be tricky this is what i was doing i was like watching it whilst uh, installing sound panels on my walls and stuff like that i was like i'm gonna be in this room for eight hours anyway why not just watch this uh, watch this documentary <laughs> that's awesome yeah great good series if you need something to watch over the quarantine or over the holiday break uh okay so what else do we have we also had um news of facebook uh gaming launching a 10 million dollar black gaming creator program um and i didn't catch too much on this but uh it looks to me that they've announced this program for black creators um where they can get effectively have some sponsorship money from facebook to help help them with their live streams did you catch this yeah this was interesting i mean obviously i think it's a super cool initiative i was trying to sort of get into the weeds into what exactly they're offering and what that breaks down to it seems like looking through the blog post they talked about uh to so it says opportunity to grow their communities and build businesses with access to funding mentorship opportunity and other resources uh, for those admitted, Facebook can offer black creators into partners. So I guess it kind of fast tracks partner, which is kind of cool too. So I, I'm still kind of unclear on exactly what you're getting. I guess the mentorship opportunity sounds cool. I don't know what that'll break down to be, but very cool initiative to see come from Facebook and we'll have to kind of see how it rolls out in the future. And obviously that's a huge investment to make in this with 200 million. So hopefully they can do a lot of cool things 
with this program. I still don't know a ton about Facebook streaming. Have you spent yeah, a lot of time here? I think that's somewhere where we're, where we're falling short, isn't it? Um, maybe we're all sleeping on Facebook and actually Facebook is going to be like even bigger than YouTube. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I think it's a cool initiative. I know that um, I caught like earlier on in the year that they were doing something similar for um, black owned businesses and organizations. They were like supporting them with some financial packages through uh, helping them with advertising on Facebook and Instagram uh, and things like that. So it's clearly something that's, that's come down from high up at Facebook and they're putting you know money behind uh, issues that they really see on the platform. So definitely a good thing. And, and you know, if you qualify and you're interested in streaming about on Facebook, I would definitely recommend hitting the link up in the description and learning a bit more. Yeah, I'm so I'm reading through it as we're going through here. I just saw this line that said, it will offer guaranteed monthly pay. So again, super vague on like, what is the pay level and what does that mean? But if they're actually offering a paycheck, basically, to stream on the platform as Black Creator, that's pretty interesting. So we'll have to see what, how, what the details are there, but that's super cool to see if they want to push people into that direction for uh, Facebook gaming. Definitely. I wonder if that's going to force any response from from Twitch or YouTube. Um, depends how big of an issue I guess it is on, on places like that. But again, more money coming into the live streaming space um, from from these three companies. I think that's always going to lead to lead to good experiences for the streamers and the viewers behind it. Uh, anything else that we've missed from this week? I'm looking through our list and uh, just making sure that we caught up on most of the big things. I guess the console launches, we didn't really catch either of them in our two-week break, did we? Um, they probably came out just after we finished recording the last episode. Uh, we did mention, I think both of us said that we weren't really console gamers since since moving to PC. Like, I've never been a console gamer, if I'm being honest. I've been on PC gamers since about eight years old. Um, but yeah, I think the launches were pretty successful, really. But I've seen good PR from both people that have owned uh, PS5 and the new Xbox as well. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is people trying to actually get their hands on the systems because they've been impossible to get. It's all this new tech that people want uh, that they don't, they haven't made enough of it. Like the graphics cards is exactly the same. I just I've had a few like real life friends messaging me being like, oh, I want to get a new graphics card for Christmas or like over the holidays. What would you recommend? I'm like, well, you want to get a 30 series card, but you can't. Like over here in the UK, you just can't get them at the moment. They're they're gone within thirty seconds of being added to any of the websites, and I'm I'm hearing it's the same in the US. Yeah, same thing here. And so it's funny whether you're on PC or console, you can't get the new thing that you want this year because <laughs> it's all gone. So like my brother is an Xbox gamer, and he has been trying for a month to get one, and it just has no luck with the Series X. So we're all in this drought right now of technology. If you're looking for a new uh, setup upgrade but I agree it was a, a good launch overall it seemed like people were pretty happy with the systems besides there was the whole uh, Xbox smoke thing you might have seen which was was fake anyway I haven't seen a whole lot about um, streaming from these new consoles yet I don't know if you've taken a look at that at all I don't know if it really improves I talked about before I would love to see them improve the experience and capabilities on some of these consoles for streaming I've seen some of the uh, big streamers uh, using them in their streams but that's through a capture card and through their pc anyway so like uh, not really what we're talking about i haven't i haven't specifically gone out and hunted any uh, people streaming directly from the console and seeing if there's any real improvements there but like i said yeah I, ho I hope there is because um there's a massive market to capitalize on i do so as i'm thinking through new stuff there was the game awards happened and cyberpunk happened over the last two weeks there was one bit i forgot to add on here about cyberpunk which you might have seen 
because we talked about they had the the streamer mode that they built into the game essentially did you see that they actually missed some of the songs in the streamer mode and so people yeah like the worst case scenario right you announce this really cool feature that nobody's expecting but is perfectly timed for the fact that you know dmca is this massive topic that everyone's talking about and then you like you do, you don't get it right you like miss two songs or something like that and then everybody that's been streaming with this streamer music mode enabled thinking that they're safe now then has to delete their vods and it's like oh you were so close i had that exact experience because I, I streamed it for four hours on the official legion channel last week and then right after the broadcast ended i saw that tweet and they said hey guys turns out we missed a couple songs so yeah that vod is gone unfortunately for those four hours which is really sucky and i i hope they've fixed it by now because it was just removing a couple tracks from the game i would guess but hopefully they can get it right uh, with future games like this. But it just kind of proves how hard it is to make sure you're getting everything. So I'm sure they tested this and just missed a couple songs that were getting picked up by the DMCA system. When we when we first announced this feature, um, it must have been a couple, of, a couple of podcasts ago, we were saying, like, is this something that they've built in over the past 10 years? Like, they thought ahead and built this from the start. Like, this is proof that they built this at the last minute. Yes. <laughs> they've missed two songs. They were literally, like two weeks till launch we need to make it all copyright free or copyright safe mode um and then they've missed a couple of songs off i i like in my head i'm imagining like an intern was tasked with this like you go through the 50 songs that we have and make sure that the 25 that we have licenses for get in this track and then the other 25 go in this one and this guy or girl like misses two and has been fired uh <laughs> <laughs> well sadly that's like a running theme with the game i've from what i've seen there's a lot of bugs and people think it's unfinished so maybe the the streamer mode was unfinished too unfortunately yeah i but. saw a few memes of people being like i wish they'd delayed it for one more year uh, <laughs> because it's just not ready uh, but yeah i definitely need to get some time on that i've just been too too busy building things but um yeah we we, we did miss both of those two things so i'm glad you managed to think of them <laughs> on the fly yeah i don't think there's anything else from the game awards that i can think of obviously a lot of new games and a lot of new stuff to stream coming out soon. It's not like directly streaming news though, besides Streamer of the Year, which was Valkyrie. That was pretty cool and I think pretty well deserved. Anything else that you saw that was on the streaming side? I can't think of anything, but um, I don't sure think so. That. No, I think that pretty much wraps it up this week. Um, a bit of a difficult one for us to organize because we've added like three weeks worth of news into one episode uh, which which makes sense when it's on like twitch updates but it makes it a little bit harder to work out exactly what we want to talk about uh, but we'll be back to going pretty much weekly i think uh, maybe a break over the christmas holidays just depending on where where we are because hopefully i'll be able to go back to see my family covid pending but um we'll work things out and obviously always let you know but yeah it's good to be back good to see you in your new studio um which just looks epic already and i'm here like just having to floodlight mine with blue just to make it look even vaguely like a streamer's room you got some time i this one's just hastily put together so i'm i'm excited to see what yours ends up looking like once you've had some more time to unpack all the boxes and everything the big the biggest upgrade for me has been the internet like i finally now have uh well it's called gigabit it's not it's not true symmetrical gigabit yet that's the dream of having like one gig upload and then i can just upload videos to youtube in like two minutes um but it, it, it's it's as good as we get in the uk right now um like gigabit down and 100 meg up and the, the line is capable of gigabit both ways it's just when they add the package and start charging for it so yeah very happy um but yeah good to see you're you're well and all that kind of stuff and um yeah plenty of news coming in the coming weeks we're definitely going to be discussing the twitch town hall in depth i hope it's not similar to their glitchcon event where they skirt around some topics and talk about how it's the greatest year on 
Twitch for music, uh, but hopefully they actually answer some questions and we have some things to talk about from there. Uh, and other than that, I think that's all we have time for. So thanks again for listening. Thanks, Ben, as always, for joining me, and we'll catch you next week. 